Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Join your hosts, Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Jeremy Duval. And I'm Rob Fanouf. Who is this guy? I haven't talked to this guy in six oh, weeks. Oh, my friend. I've missed you so much. We have... Not really had a break, but we've really been living off of what we recorded at Blue City Brawl and the stuff that Steve Hildrew got us. So we've had like a lot of stuff in the can, so we haven't had the need to record for a while. Our man in the field, Steve. An amazing job, by the way. I can't wait. Uh, great. There's m- much more from Steve coming. So he did an awesome job. I thought his questions were right on point. And I, I, you know, I'm I'm excited about what the future holds. Yeah, I mean, it's just great to have uh, uh, more coverage and to also get live audio on the sort of uh, table talks. You know, like Ronnie's uh, talk from Open Day had some great tidbits of uh, information, which was really cool. So having someone out there to help record us is just another great tool to have to get people coverage. So it's great. We have posted a content survey, right? We want to hear your feedback on what type of content you want from us. You know, I don't think we're going to use it to necessarily drop specific types of shows or content. I think really we're talking about adjusting how many of those types of shows per month we would put put out, right? So if people say we want uh, more hobby stuff, well, then, then you'll get more hobby stuff in the mix. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I think in the end we talk about you do, and this was something Jake mentioned when you guys did your roundtable, you want to do the type of episodes you would like to listen to. But that being said, often we like doing all sorts of stuff. So having some sort of idea of what stuff maybe you guys like on a more regular basis for what's good for more like one-offs. I think Rob, it just helps us sort of like uh, boil down the sort of cauldron of ideas that we have into stuff that maybe we can focus on in a little bit more orderly way. I was thinking about this. We're coming up on our four year anniversary as counter charge. And then obviously more with Mantic Radio or Ohio Ham before that. So we've been around a long time. And even in the four years we've been countercharged, I think we've really evolved quite a bit. And it's it's time for us to just evolve again to whatever that whatever that next phase is. And um, thanks to everybody that's already submitted a response. We've actually got 60 responses already. So I think, you know, that's... That's really, really awesome. The survey link is on our Facebook page, but I'll also put it in the show notes. So if you haven't responded, please do. We're going to leave it open for a few more weeks. Like I said, we've got 60 responses so far. And hey, if we get 120, that's great too, because the more, the merrier. Yeah, definitely. You know, get those ideas coming in. Um, uh, The survey was great to identify the sort of broader segments like army reviews or hobby or, you know, stuff like that. And then if there's like individual stuff like within those, um, within those, sections that you want to see specific armies and we'll talk a little bit about that rob sort of what we have on the back burner later but if there's specific things that you guys uh want to hear even if it's not something we've mentioned one of the great things about doing these episodes is that we get to learn about stuff too right so even if it's not necessarily in our orbit if you guys have ideas of stuff you want us to talk about you know it's a we want it to be not only what we're passionate about but have a community driven element to the content we create and I should mention the survey is specifically about the content, right? It doesn't talk about anything else because we wanted it to be very short, sweet, just this question, you know, what type of content you want to consume. So um, it's also anonymous. That That's always a plus, I think. And then no questions about sports scores. No questions about sports scores. Correct. Yeah, that, it's been an exciting time on Facebook. <laughs> As it always it is. Always, but, you know, I will, I will comment that uh, – Really happy with the um, the counter charge group that responded. We had a person ask, you know, just instantly enough, hey, what about sports scores? What do you think about it? And I really like the discussion that was handled on our page um, with no prodding from any kind of moderation at all. It was just, it was good, good responses. And it was overwhelmingly in favor of sports scores. And, you know, the more I think about it, because I've had, had a chance to reflect on it. I remember back in the day, playing in an Ardboy event. Did you ever play in an Ardboy event by any chance? 
No, I never played in one, but I'm familiar with kind of the vibe. Basically, the whole point was there's no soft scores, no paint, no sportsmanship. Literally, just show up at the store, go to the the, the wall, buy the models, stick some glue together, and let's just smash face. And it was like 3,000 points of really hard gaming. It was the worst experience of my life in terms of actual playing. So, you know, that that's kind of like way out there because that's not, that's, you know, not normal. But I'm a big fan of soft scores, obviously. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you have a bell curve and sort of all avenues and walks of your life, right? And if you do it on any one, even healthy sometimes, you can be like too focused on the the sort of the outer edges, the outliers of a bell curve. And I think that comes to the same thing with sort of my philosophy on soft scores is that if you if you make it too much of a focus, it hurts people. But yet if you don't focus on it at all, it's bad for the overall health of the hobby. So I think it's something one of those things that, you know, gets get us right in the middle of the bell curve on how much energy we put behind that, I think, is a, a good way to start. Yeah, I think it incentivizes the right things. And um, as long as you don't over incentivize. Right. I mean, I'm a big fan of soft scores, but also it, you need to you need it needs to be balanced right i mean obviously gaming is still the most important piece yeah you know and in the end it's you want to you want to make the the hobby inviting for all types of players and then give all types of players something to shoot for you know when they're um uh, in, in an event or just playing it itself you know try to make it in, an inclusive space i guess uh, we, the discussions on the facebook page by all means, go over and uh, take a look. It was It's a pretty good pretty good discussion. This episode is really kind of a catch-up episode because we haven't really recorded in a while. We figured we'd get everybody up to date in terms of what we're working on. Well, let's touch a little bit on what we got cooking behind the scenes. And Jeremy, I know you got something going right now. Why don't you start us off? So we thought we would just kind of let you guys know episode-wise what we have on the back burner, what we're working on. So I'm in the process of finishing up our arch-fiend-sized mammoth without the mammoth abyssal army review um this is really great just a, a preview for you guys we have um uh, todd serpico mike adkins and former u.s master alex chavez talking about all things abyssals episode's gonna clock in at probably around four hours so strap in uh kitties um we do uh, some really great army review um uh, we do some list analysis. We talk about models, uh, hobby. It's really one of those great I'm going to paint all day or I got a long road trip like uh, sort of episode. So that is about halfway edited. That will be out very shortly, probably right on the hills, heels of this episode. Um, it's recorded. It's done. I'm excited to say also that we have the appendix part two of the Basilean Army review. You know, Rob. Basilea is so hot right now. It is very hot. It's so hot right now. Um, I call it the Tom Annis' flock uh, that he is the uh, shepherd over is growing by the day. I mean, I think we had on the list last week like seven Facebook messages about what do you guys use for your Aloha? Right. Um, so we have, as you guys remember, when we did that army review, we did the army review and we were going to come back after the cock 2019 book to do an update that is scheduled. So returning for that cast is going to be, uh, Tom Annis. We're going to have Kyle Timberlake, who's coming off a really strong finish, uh, at Lone Wolf. And then we're bringing in Chris Fisher, who's had some good success uh, with Basilands this year. And we're going to be looking at some different, some different army lists at different not. And we're going to be uh, what we did in the abyssal list is we have some lists at some different popular points values. So it's not all the same points. So as you'll see in the abyssal review, we have a 1995, a 2000, a 25, a 2250 and a 2300. So we have some different sort of lists at different points permutations to get kind of some, some flavor there. So that is coming for the Basilean Part 2 Army Review. So we have the Bissell Review, with Part 2 of the Basilean Army Review. Um, we have another morning after in the uh, wings that, that we're going to be doing that's going to be based on uh, paints. Uh, we're going to be talking, uh, go real in depth on um, different um, paints. I know Rob, you and I want to do a list builders too coming up with Tim Smith. We've we've kind of thrown that out there a lot. So a lot of really good juicy stuff. You know, as we've said before on the show, we love doing the army reviews, but there's just a lot of uh, time and work. 
So, um, I'm, but, but from the survey, Rob, it seems like people really enjoy them. It's their favorite segment. So we're going to lean into it a little bit more. And on my end, uh, we're working on the, or I'm working on the Ratkin army review and an elf army review. Obviously the Abyssal one will come first and then hopefully maybe, uh, June we'll get one of the, either the elf or the Ratkin and then July will we get the other one. So those are coming down the pipe and we've got a couple other long format episodes where we're going to take some one-off topics. Uh, one is, um, we're still working on our new player episode. It's going to be a complete, you know, hopefully a new player will get a lot out of it. You know, we'll kind of break down the rules and uh, everything you need to know about Kings of War uh, for the new player. So that's coming as well. So we have a lot of stuff in the pipe. Uh, and obviously Mark's still working on a bunch of stuff uh, on the RPG side. Man, it's it's uh, it's crazy. It's a good time. You know, it's been, um, I think, with the, with the books coming out and the RPG stuff coming out, you know, Mark's been doing a really great job getting, like, um, uh, authors on the cast and uh, really getting us kind of, as we call, we talk about it, like, the, the it's, a, it's a tripod sort of thing, right, where you have the hobby, the gameplay, and the narrative. You know what I mean? So we're, we're trying to hit all sort of sides of the pyramid. So shout out to uh, our tip of the hat to Mark. Well, we haven't really talked in a while, so what else are you going on in your world? Yeah, so things have been pretty crazy for me, you know, coming back from um, Adepticon, uh, definitely had the uh, post-con hype, but also, you know, as as what happens, Rob, been a lot of stuff going on at work. Um, I've been interviewing for a promotion, which I don't know if I'm going to get or not, but um, it, even if I don't, it's been a good experience. Got to do a lot of uh, pressing the flesh, as they say, meeting a bunch of people, higher ups. And for me, like a promotion in my bachelor life means like more tournaments I could right. travel more to. Money. More you know what I mean? More armies that I can do. So I'm excited, excited for that. Um, I've been talking and we're going to kind of be hinting about this a little bit, uh, uh, in a future episode of, I continue, uh, continuing sort of like my healthy lifestyle fitness sort of quest I've talked about on the show a little bit. Um, in the last, I'm coming up on a year and I'm about 65, almost 70 pounds I've lost in this last wow. year. Um, I'm trying to do, you know, they talk about the hour, a hobby a day. So I'm trying to do um, kind of like a hobby health challenge where I split that hour up and try to at least do bare minimum 30 minutes of physical activity and then paint for 30 minutes a day. Not necessarily like right after, the, you know, not like right after each other, but just trying to kind of like put some time aside for mental health and then some time aside for our for uh, physical health. So hobby wise, I've still been at it. Um, I've been working on the Basileans, you know, uh, I've talked about this before in the show. I really want this to be sort of like my hobby project army. So I've been taking my time. I've just decided Rob with all the stress in my life, I don't want my modeling to be stressful. So I've decided the Basilean army will take as long as it's going to take. I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to try to paint it to an event. I mean, obviously, there's events I want to take it to, but it's not going to be the sole driving force of that army anymore to finish by X, Y, or Z. I'm going to work on it every day, and it's going to be what it's going to be, and I'm going to allow it to complete itself. Um, and I'm just not going to – I want it to be uh, beautiful, as beautiful as I can make it. Um, so, And in the meantime, too, having success with my undead at Adepticon – sort of like made them all it's like the ex-girlfriend she got back in the gym she's been doing some squats and we like we got back together now you know and she's told me she's changed so i'm like interested in right. the undead yeah you know they're, they're no they they're, work right they're a great army yeah. uh, I, I had such a great time uh taking that list that was maybe not on paper what you would take but it's what i had played so i know that list upwards and downwards um, so pretty much, uh, I'm building the bass lanes working. I'm hoping maybe for a babe Kings, uh, in late September reveal, or maybe, uh, hot off the press, some action, some TNT action. But if not, I feel like with the undead, I have, I still have a, a solid list that I think can still do well. So what I've been doing is, um, model wise, you know, I've been painting the knights, I put together for my Ogre Palace Guard, I'm doing, um, since my army's theme is that it is an all-female Basilean army, and not just like sisterhood units, but the idea is that it's a monastery, that it's like fanatical monastery sect of, of Basilean society that believes men are too susceptible to their 
inner desires. The carnal needs. Exactly. So this sect of Basileans, they've taken all of the Basilean warrior societies like Paladin Knights, Ogre Palace Guard. But to join any of these orders, you can't be a man because they're too susceptible to the abyss. So it's all female miniatures. So my knights are all female knights. My Ogre Palace Guard are all the female Stormcast. My infantry are all shield wolf miniatures, female paladins. So it's all the different units in the Basilean army, but it's all female models, except for uh, Germinius, who is my Nias, who's the one dude riding the lion. That's like they've joked that that's like me, like, you know, leading my ladies into battle. So I put together, I think I shared some pictures. I'm using the female Stormcast as my Ogre Palace Guard. I, I really like those models. I think scale-wise, they fit for Ogres. I think um, uh, look-wise, since I'm doing such a heavy lion theme, they work. I'm thinking I'm wanting to do some chariots. And I'm thinking, I don't know if you've seen them. They have, they're called Siberia. They're lion riders from Shield Wolf. I don't know if you've seen those miniatures, Rob. No, they sound awesome. They're very cool. They're basically just lions, lion riders. But what I'm going to do is you can buy the lions without the riders, and they sell four in a box. So two for a regiment. So that's two regiments or a horde of panther chariots. So my chariots are just going to be converted riders. Uh, knights are I'm going to maybe convert some panther lancer uh, riders and they're just going to be riding giant lions so they're bigger than my gur panther so it should fit like the whole lion theme um, so I got that working um, I have you know and we'll probably talk about it it's sort of like hot news right now I don't know have you seen um, the contrast any of the contrast paint stuff yeah let's touch on it a little bit yeah for those who haven't seen it GW has uh, and it's like nothing new right no it's it's just like what Army Painter makes but the difference is there's like a million different colors yeah it's not it's not like revolutionary science but what it is and what GW does well is put it in a really easily to access system with colors that you've never seen and basically contrast paints is you prime the model in sort of an off-white uh, gray or like a bleach bone color, and essentially you have these paints that have a higher density to medium ratio to water. It's less water, higher medium, higher pigment. So it creates more surface tension, so the paint slips into the cracks. So essentially sort of the idea is you, you prime it off-white, you take a red contrast color, you paint on the model what you want to be red, and the darker, the sort of it, it sizzles in the recess. So it's essentially like a base coat and a, a shade and a highlight sort of kind of all in one. It's similar to a wash, but the wash will actually just pool in the shadows. This will actually color the whole model and then darken in the shadows. Exactly. Yeah, and I've been watch I've been looking at a lot of that um because of being such a slow painter, anything that can increase speed and what excites me, Rob, is not just I mean, some of the stuff that people have done with just these paints by themselves. Of course, it's not like top 3 painting level mm -hmm. stuff, but it's very passable, but what excites me is I I've seen some stuff where people use the the um the contrast paints as a way to just step skip the base coat wash. And then on top of the contrast paints, they, they, they highlight and paint as normal. And, and the models just look incredible. And for being someone who I just don't have the, the room or facility to use an airbrush. So airbrushing is just a difficult for me. A step that will quicken my base coat and first wash. Because some painters don't paint like that, but I paint with washes. It's just how I do. So I'm really excited to experiment with this. And I've decided um, Billy sort of inspired me. Uh, with some stuff he's speed painting is I've been going back and forth on what I want my all mantic army to be. And I'm thinking that like empire of dust, that skeletons and mummies and stuff like that would probably be like a good type of model to try this paint out on. I think any skeleton, even the regular undead guys would be amazing. Exactly. So, and I always loved Egyptian undead from the, from the other game. So, and I actually, I think I'm a big fan. I like, I saw them in person. Dan Wright has them in Pacific Northwest, the enslaved guardian models. And they're a little on the small side, but I dig them. I saw, so I like some of the, um, Mantic, uh, empire dust stuff. Or, or I think also these contrast paints would probably work really well with abyssals, like demon flesh. I think for my hundred percent, because I still want a hundred percent Mantic army, my undead just is not. So th that might be a project I look into doing as sort of an, a, a, an aside to the 
hobby Basilean army is that I see, you know, what can I do? And if I really just put my mind to doing a speed painting army when these paints come out. So, um, I'm excited about that. So that's pretty much what's on my hobby. Uh, and I guess you're still working on the kingdom of half men. We haven't chatted in a while, so I have, my hobby list is is ginormous. But I want to tail off of what you just said, which is I'm actually going to build an elf demo army. Uh, I'm now a Pathfinder, and we have a new store getting ready to open up in June. And so in preparation for that, I want another all-mantic army. Um, I already have undead and ogres and orcs, but I want another one. And so I, I think I'm going to do up an elf army using the contrast paints and really try to bang it out really quick. Assemble the models, glue them all to the base, put the texture on the base, prime the whole unit and then actually paint in the details um and so we'll see how see how that comes out you know i'm excited to try out some new techniques and as you said there's a ton of different colors i mean my daughter uses the army painter stuff and i've used it a lot but there's only like a few different tones right this one there's like 20 or 30 i don't even know there's a ton yeah i really think that the best way i mean there's kind of two a couple camps on these paints which you have the camp of oh gw it's the stuff's been out there forever they just want to rip you off and then you have like the the fanboys who are going oh my gosh this is like revolutionary me being sort of the centrist is i think it's going to be like a great tool and uh uh, Warhammer community just did a thing where they had, they brought like Sam lens and a bunch of like, uh, top painters in to experiment with them. The kind of consensus is a couple things that these are going to be great for people. It's going to, uh, get tabletop armies quicker and for Kings of war, which is a, a mass combat game. Anything that helps you paint large amounts of models is awesome. I think it's great too. You know, I like I said, I'm really curious to see how can you use it as a tool and then add on, you know, contrast plus. Like, how are you? What are you going to do mm. for there? And also, too, for those of us who take three years to arm to paint an army, sometimes you just get bored of playing the same thing. You get bored, you stop playing, your buddies stop playing. It's bad for the hobby. So if in a couple, if if you can kind of come along and maybe in a two month period you paint up like a quick dwarf army or a quick you know, army just to have something better. It keeps, I think it's going to keep you motivated. It's going to keep your, uh, you know, I think it can do a lot of positive things, uh, for the hobby. So I know that I'm excited. I'm excited to, to try it. I got a lot of hobby stuff. Uh, before I touch on that though, man, it's that time of year where all the TV shows seem to end. And I don't know about you, uh, Jeremy, but I like to DVR whole seasons and then once the last season is aired i just been watch the whole season do you do that at all i mean i only do streaming so most of the stuff that i like is released that way or if it's certain hbo shows i like you know not just the most famous one that we'll probably mention but other uh, other shows i'll i'll wait usually until they're finished and then i just go i have like hbo streaming on amazon prime and i'll go back uh and watch those but yeah i mean we could go over some shows we've been watching lately like what have you been um into yeah so i just finished up gotham so this is season five it's it's the batman show with no batman <laughs> so it's kind of a weird show uh, but I will say, after five years, the last episode was uh, a good payoff. It was like complete fan service, and it you know, so you get to see things like now you know no spoilers here, but you get to see classic characters from history of Batman show up the way you think you they should look. And I think it was it was awesome. It was a good it was a good send off. Did you have you watched Gotham at all? Um, I've seen some of it, and I know. Um, and, th and this is the last season, right? Yeah, it's over, so that's it. And I know they. they I, I watched the clip where they kind of show him as Batman. At I mean, spoiler alert, right? He is he becomes Batman, but you actually get to see a clip of him kind of at the end, like literally the last few seconds of the last episode ever you actually finally see Batman, uh, which is cool, right? Because we've been building up to this for a very long time. Also been watching um, Comic Book Men. Oh, yeah, the Kevin Smith, yeah, on AMC with Ming. Yeah, I love Ming. He's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I binge watched, I, I was about two or three seasons behind, so I binge watched, binge watched all that. I'm now doing The Gifted, which is like an X-Men spinoff show on Fox. I'm about halfway through that. So uh, it's... You know, and obviously tons of NHL. The hockey season's going on right now. We, you know, we're now into the finals, St. Louis and Boston. So it's going to be a great, it's been a great, a uh, lot of TV lately. Got a lot of home improvement projects that I, my wife's got me working on. Podcasts, still really liking the Myth and Legends podcast. It's great. Another one, though, that I found about six weeks ago, and I have completely immersed myself to the point where I listen to all of them. It's called the Retroist Podcast. The best way to describe it is if you're a kid of the 70s and 80s, 
it's it's a podcast for you. It's a very short podcast, you know, 20 to 30 minutes an episode, and it's about a specific subject. It could be about the Rubik's Cube. It could be about the show Dallas, whatever. And it's well-researched, and it's got good production value, and it's just like a nostalgia trip every time. So so if you haven't listened to it, Retroist Podcast is a, is a really good one. A couple shows I've been really into. Have you watched, Rob, The Expanse? I have not, but I've heard a lot from the guys on D6 Generation that are big fans of it. Fantastic. It's probably one of the best TV shows on television. Um, it is based on a series of books, and it takes place uh, a few hundred years into the future where humankind have sort of begun to – they've colonized the, the solar system to an extent. And you sort of have three powers. You have Earth – and moon, which are like the United Nations, you have Mars, uh, and then you have all the people living in the asteroid belt. And the expanse is sort of a a political sci-fi mystery show that sort of is great storytelling set in like a really interesting world. So it really reminds me of like early game of Thrones, which is it's sci-fi, but it's not just saying, wow, here's the sci-fi look at it. It's this is the world and we're telling this really interesting narrative with these really interesting characters that happen to be in a sci-fi world as opposed to the world first and then the story second. It's the story first and then it just is in this world. So that is you can watch. You can catch up on that show. All the seasons are on Amazon Prime because the show had actually gotten canceled, but Amazon Prime has picked it up, which is amazing because it is an amazing show. So as far as a break up your relationship with gang game of thrones has ended and you're really sad and you're looking for something the expanse is re- i can't recommend it enough it's really cool i also watched uh the jack ryan show with john krasinski very good very kind of homeland-esque another great show um i've been watching um i love bill Hader, and he has this show called barry on hbo have you heard of this show rob yep i've seen a couple episodes pretty pretty crazy really funny basically he's a hitman who falls in love with acting and joins like a community theater acting group and wants to become an actor and it's really funny it's got henry winkler you know the fawns is his kind of sort of crazy acting coach but it is a really great show as far as YouTube, I've been watching. It's a series of interviews, Rob, called Hot Ones. Have you ever heard of it? No, I have not. Okay, so they, it's this one guy, and they inter he interviews famous people like he did one with uh, Gordon Ramsay. He did one with um, all sorts of different actors, um, all sorts of different people. And what they do is they have like fifteen hot wings, and the sauce gets hotter and hotter and hotter from each wing, and he's a really good interviewer and he just interviews the celebrities as they eat hotter and hotter wings. It's, uh, (laughs) that sounds insane, but it sounds interesting. It's fun. It's a cool alter. It's sort of like offbeat, uh, uh, celebrity interview show. Um, that's on YouTube. I really love that. Um, I kind of fell in love with, it's called, um, GDQ Our games done quick where they have different, um, it's a whole community where they have fundraisers for different, um, causes and during that they speed run games so that's been like a video game so that's been a popular thing i like to have on in the background when i'm painting mm-hmm. of like old school speed runs on um on games and then i think the, the other thing i watched recently which was just like a weird out of nowhere thing but i bet you appreciate it was i watched the hbo documentary about mr rogers frank rogers for mr it was rogers. amazing right un Unbelievable. Crying like a baby. Yeah, it was awesome. In in tears the whole time. You know, when I grew up uh, and I go spend weekends at my dad's house, he didn't have cable. So he only had PBS. So my Saturday morning was Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Yang Ken Cook, The Galloping Gourmet, all all those kind of like PBS type shows. So I used to watch Mr. Rogers all the time. So that was a great documentary. And then I guess the only other like major thing was – Endgame, which I've seen three times, is pretty unbelievable. Really awesome way to kind of conclude the uh, uh, first sort of big arc for Marvel movies. So, yeah, so there's lots of cool stuff out there, but definitely check out The Expanse if you haven't checked it. That's probably on the top of my list of shows to recommend. But, um, okay, Rob, hit me up with Kingdom of the Half Men. Let's get back to hobby. So, yeah, I have been working feverishly on the Half Men. I'm in an army challenge on Dash 28 and uh, painting up some stuff. And um, 
I painted up a cannon, which I'm really excited to show off next uh, here at the end of the month. And I started to work on some nights and I kind of hit like a little, like a little block where I, you, you ever like start painting something. You're like, you know, this isn't working. And I just like, I got to do something different. So I kind of haven't painted half men in a couple weeks. I've kind of put them off to the side. I did paint up a bunch of bases and, uh, every time I make a batch of bases, they get bigger and bigger and better and better. So I, I can't even imagine a year from now when I'm making bases how crazy they're going to be. And while we're on the subject of Halfman, uh, I've teamed up with Brian Brodeer for Living Legends, and I'm taking the Halfman, and he's making up a brand new army. So it's been really cool to work with him on a, a concept for the army that he's going to work on and making them the two armies match together. And I am working on bases for him. So you guys are going to build something specific for Living Legends? He's building a completely new army and I'm building completely new units. I'm not we're not sure yet exactly what halfmen are going to show up yet, but I mean I'm I'm going to paint a couple units a month through October, so we'll have lots to choose from making up some bases for his units. And I'm having a great time because the halfmen are kind of in the mountains and his army is kind of the 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 woods or the the rolling hills that go up into the mountains sort of tied to my basing but at the same time there's there's some more organic trees and that kind of stuff so it's been fun working on those bases and you guys are gonna have a blast i mean i oh, yeah. uh, knowing both oh, yeah. of you you know you guys are gonna i think will fit really well as a team personality wise so and hopefully i'll get them painted up this week so i can deliver them to him at bug eater next week uh and on the subject of bug eater i am taking orders it's 1995 but everybody gets a free giant and i didn't have a giant painted so i had a uh, reaper bones giant laying around and i painted him up to match the ogres this is actually the first time I actually painted Reaper Bones, and I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Mold lines are really hard to get off. <laughs> so I finally just said, screw it. I'm just going to, you know, it is what it is. And it painted up okay. I like the fact that you didn't have to prime it. That was kind of unique. It, it, I, I can see what the hype's about. I mean, it was a super, you know, it's a super cheap model. <sighs> I'm, you know, that's how I feel about Bones. I take a lot of time and pride in painting really nice armies, but I also enjoy painting up a speed army and i think the reaper stuff would work more along that line if you're just gonna knock something out real quick so yeah i mean i don't want to poo poo on anyone to eat your own i see the value in it just i think for me and you know Britton and i have talked a lot about this when you're gonna put hours into painting something you want the canvas to be cool exactly so you know what i mean so me personally i don't mind spending the extra money on a model have it nice i don't judge anyone else to each of their own on what your hobby budget is and i know people have done great things with bones but to me it's just like if I can have hard plastic, I have, I almost will take a model that I like slightly less just mm -hmm. because uh, of the material it's made out of. Easier to work with. Absolutely. So I painted up a, a regular size giant. I still have my, um, my Mantic Vanguard giant, which will be my Colossal. And I've got him assembled. I just... He's on, he's on the, the back burner. There's, as you're going to hear, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I've also cleaned, assembled, and based all my Vanguard stuff. For dwarves, it's all Mantic stuff. A couple of the starter boxes. I got all the expansions, tons of models, and I based it all on Alien Lab bases, which if, if you haven't checked out Alien Labs, their bases are really, really awesome. Right now, they're all 40% off. Did you do one of the um, the, the like guy who's in the heavy mech suit? Yes. How big is that model? It's not ginormous. It's on a 40 millimeter base. It doesn't really fill the base. It's not huge. It's like it's like a dwarf in a big armored battle suit. Basically, I'm asking because in my dwarfs is another one I'm thinking about doing Mantic. And I had an idea of using that model to like convert it up and have that be the earth elementals. It would work. Now, there's only one pose. It is resin. Could you uh, melt it maybe? Well, I mean, it's resin resin. It's not it's not. PVC. Oh uh, yeah, so it's not it's not the uh, rustic resin. You could potentially change the weapons, maybe, or change okay. the the way one of the arms. You could probably cut an, a, a leg and maybe change the position. It's possible. Well, bring it bring it to um, bring it to Living Legends if you remember, so I can. Look I at will. It. I will. So I've been working on those feverishly. Um, I'm not really gonna paint them right now. I, I'm kind of kind of. Just, I've got them all ready, and I'm going to start playing at the right house with them. But they're all based, and, and let me just say, the Alien Lab stuff is amazing. The detail is really, really crisp. And I bought some barrels and treasure chests and, and stones and runes and stuff. And I'm actually making a whole set of objective markers for Vanguard as well. I have also cleaned and assembled my Vanguard Kingdoms of Men army. I'm using the Westphalia models. They're like these uh, these 
peasant militia guys, halberds or sword and shield or crossbows. And so they're really cool. It's a modular kit. There's three torsos, like six different heads, and then different sprues you can use for, um, to to change up what what they what they're armed with, so got all those base as well. Um, then you know, I, like I mentioned before, with uh, I kind of hit like a little bit of a painting impasse with uh, the halfman. I needed the palette cleanse, so I went and I busted out some Star Wars Legion. I painted up two units of Wookies, a Chewbacca, and a unit of Fleet Troopers, and I'm super happy with the Fleet Troopers because I was able to bust out alternate head sculpts that I got off of Shapeways. It was like all these different aliens like Mon Calamari and Rodian. And so anyways, I, I took my fleet trooper leader and I made him a Mon Calamari. It's a trap. You ever have one of those moments where you sit back and you're like, did I paint this? Like literally I had like a moment like, this is pretty good. This came out like it was the right color. I was just in the zone and it just, it just came out. The Wookiees, yeah, they're okay. Chewbacca, pretty good, but the fleet troopers in particular, I can't wait to get get them to the table. And I think that's kind of like a part of the hobby we don't talk about. I think you're so, and I know I'm really guilty of this, of 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 always being really critical on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of, of being like, this model sucks. Why can't I paint like this painter? Why can't I? And I think uh, the other side of that is when you do something and you love it, like live in that moment. You know, allow mm-hmm. yourself to be like, wow, Jeremy or wow, Rob, you did great. This is, this oh, yeah. is great. And, and I was living in the moment. I was like posting pictures everywhere. I was like, check this out. Yeah, the Mon Calamari came out really good. I've, I've, I've started to dabble with some commandos and pathfinders. I have a whole pathfinder unit where they're all aliens. Gaboth and Sniper and the leader is a Rodian. I'm just, I'm super excited. The The alien heads are cool because you get to change up the color palette. We're, we're based on Endor, the way me and Billy have based up our stuff so all my stuffs are greens and browns earth tones but the alien heads allow me to put some pop color in and it's really it's been a lot of fun so how many times have you got played that now mm, maybe your, a dozen times group. and then what's so now that you a dozen times is enough to sort of get a sense of a game like what's your sense of that game now for me it's like x-wing i only play x-wing casually i'm only gonna play this game casually there is a whole like another list building depth to the game that I have no interest in, you know, uh, min maxing all, all the crazy, st- all the crazy shenanigans that go on at like Adepticon. I have no interest in any of that. I'm just going to play casually and we're just going to have fun with it. And I get to go. Pew, 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 pew. It's Star Wars, right? It's Star yeah. Wars, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, right That's now cool. Billy's painted up his, uh, his Imperials and I've got the Rabs and then, we're lining up two more guys to jump in when the clones and the uh, the droids come out in the end of summer. So we'll have four people playing, hopefully. Uh, I got to get some terrain painted for it, though, because um, believe it or not, I don't really have any terrain that's specific to Star Wars. So I need to get some stuff worked out. Yet. And so, yeah, yet. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's on the point. But Star Wars Legion is a great distraction. I just spent like a week on it, had a great time. It was a lot of fun. And it's you're painting other colors that I'm not painting elsewhere. And it's just fun to just pull out different color paints. And I, I want to mention, there's a YouTube channel called Sorestro. He's, he's awesome. He's amazing, right? And so I, I, as a rule, I always watch his videos on, if I'm going to know I'm going to paint Fleet Troopers, I'm going to watch his video on it just to see what, what he's doing. And I may not do it exactly, but I'm going to try to replicate some of it because he's a great painter. And uh, I really appreciate the fact that he's willing to experiment. So like in his Wookiees, he's got some fun colors there. And so, yeah. You know, he reminds me a little bit of Dr. Faust in that his style is really good, but yet it's not like an unattainable tutorial. When I was out in California, that's what he's one of my gaming guys. I'm one of my gaming buddies. So he, he Tony is a, <laughs> he's a great painter. I mean, we need really to get him on the show. Yeah, we need to. We need to. Uh, he's a really great painter, and I think technical standpoint, Tony's amazing. Like if he really puts his mind to it, um, and also you may you may have noticed on his channel, he does a lot of like bigger kits, like models and vinyl figures and stuff. The guy, the guy is like, he's got like hobby ADD, man. He just <laughs> he just oh, that looks cool. I'm gonna paint that, and for no particular reason, it's not for a game. He just wants he just wants to paint it. And uh, awesome stuff. Yeah, if you haven't checked out Dr. Faust's painting channel, it's uh, I guess it's Dr. Faust Painting Clinic on YouTube is also a very good uh, resource. I'm not done yet, though. I still have more. It's been a while. It's been like six weeks since we chatted, but I've also been working on my table work cases. Um, I bought a bunch more of those metal inserts, and I've been epoxying those in. It turns out I didn't buy enough, <laughs> so now i got to buy four more. I'm like, ugh, you know, what a pain in the butt. But it is what it is. I, I'm a big fan of table work cases. I'm up to four of them now. 
And I just like them because, like, my whole ogre army fits in these cases. And the bases themselves have magnets in them, so they drop onto the steel plates. And then I've I've started using these little uh, 8mm by 8mm by 8mm cube magnets that I got off of eBay. You put them on the metal and you just slide them up, push things together and keep things tight. And they help things for moving horizontally around the, uh, the case. Cool. Did a hobby room update. I cleaned the crap out of my room. And uh, one thing that I have realized... I have too much crap, Jeremy. <laughs> I have so much crap. And it's like, I, I came to the conclusion, though, that every every year or so I do this where I do a deep clean, all I'm doing is taking the same stuff, reorganizing it, rearranging it, but the piles just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So at some point, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. I mean, I have like 16,000 points of orcs and goblins from Warhammer. I have 15,000 points of Tomb King. I probably have... 10,000 points of dwarves. I I have like 50,000 points of armies here and they're all individually based. So I need to figure out what am I going to do? Because honestly, I was thinking about it. If everything's individually based and all in sable trays, they take up a lot more space than if they were just based on one unit, right? You could probably pack it in a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to have to sit down and figure out what I'm doing. On the gaming front, things are uh, changing quite a bit. Uh, for the longest time, we didn't have any store. We had Mid-South Hobbies, which it's really model railroad, uh, RC cars, that kind of thing. It's really a hobby store, not a gaming store. Um, and then we had recently 901 games opened up, and they're more akin to you know, playing Warhammer and Magic and, and that kind of thing. Billy hosted a Kings of War demo day there last Saturday. We had a great turnout. We got some great leads for some new new Kings of War players. Uh, what we did was we brought four armies, 1,000 points each using Mantic armies. So we got goblins, orcs, ogres, and forces of nature. And we had two tables going. And we usually had two tables, you know, two games going all the time. So I think we're in a good place. And then in June, we have another store opening up out in the burbs by me called War Room Hobbies. I am super excited. And in preparation for that, I actually am now a, a, a Mantic Pathfinder. So I'm ready to do that. Jeremy, did you see the uh, hard plastic fawn models yet from RGD Gaming? Yeah, they're great. The um, very cool of definitely filling a, a spot that it, in the it's empty in the hobby, you know. So for more options for herd stuff, so it's very cool. Yeah, and as of right now, the Kickstarter is ninety five percent funded, uh, with seventeen days left to go. Uh, Rob already created the the male fawn sprue. This Kickstarter is going to add like a female fawn sprue, maybe a command sprue, centaurs, and he's got some other stuff long term if he hits those goals. Uh, huge thanks to Rob for sending me a sprue to play around with. I had a really lot of fun putting the models together and painting them up and whatnot. Let's talk about tournaments, Jeremy. We got a lot of tournaments on the docket. So, yeah, a couple of things. So, basically, my schedule for the rest of the year is kind of sort of as follows. In uh, June 22nd and 23rd is going to be the Rose City Rumble, which is the rebranded Cascade Clash. So, that's the big yearly tournament in uh, Portland. That is uh, Dan Church's event. Um, It's going to be... um, Good, you know, I gotta. I won that last year, so I gotta go defend my title. Britton and I are driving up. Looks like Rashad, Scott Holcomb, and Mike Grant, and a couple more guys from my neck of the woods. I think we have maybe almost eight or nine people from California. Nice, all trekking up there. So I got that in June, July. The Riddle of Steel, which is Rashad's tournament in Southern California. We're still working on finalizing everything for that. That's one of our Masters qualifiers. Slip in the August, and then that's when we will have TNT. We may have some. master charge or counter crafted action going on there so stay stay tuned for that september we roll right into bay of kings is in september and then our early october will be living legends so that's pretty much what i got on the docket no alamo as of right now but i wouldn't be surprised i make a game time decision as that's like a very special tournament in my heart we're entering in the pretty much rob after this month, it's June, July, August, September, you know, a tournament a month. Bam, 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 bam. Well, on my end, I've got Bug Eater next week. It's in Omaha, Nebraska, May 31st through June 2nd. I'm going up with my buddy Dylan from Arkansas, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Then we've got Mountaineer at the end of June in West Virginia. Uh, then we have the Axe Grinder down there at Cleveland, Chattanooga area. That's going to be July 13th and 14th. Then in late July, I'm heading north with the family to see my mom. And uh, they've got a one-day Kings of War tournament in Lansing at Evolution Games set up um, uh, links in the show note there 
And I know Andrew Summers is coming, and I'm going to kick his tail. I'm not really, but I, I like to talk a big game. I love Andrew. I miss him. So let's give him hugs. I will. Uh, a couple things I wanted to mention. TNT, we're down to like less than five spots left, and that's it. There is no more spots. Uh, there's absolutely no table space left. All the events are full, so it's a hard cap. So if you want one of those spots, you better do it tomorrow. Man, I'm so excited. I am so excited for TNT. I'm just. Are you dressing up? Jesse and I are in are in talks of what we want to do. You know, as people know, in TNT you have a four horsemen team. We'll see. You know, I mean, I was really hoping to get a couple more days so I could come for longer, but it looks like uh, I'm hoping when I'm there. Uh, I know you guys will have to show me around to some of the uh, local, check out some of the local touristy things. I guess um, would be pretty fun, but. Um, yeah, I'm jacked. I can't wait. I can't wait to be there. And hopefully, again, I can uh, hop over Keith Randall after the final game and win an award that was meant for him. <laughs> I also wanted to touch on a couple upcoming events that are new this year. Uh, one is the Michigan GT, which is October 11th through 13th. They've added semantic game stuff. So they got a one-day Kings of War event up there. They've got some Dead Zones and Dreadball. Um, the guys in Lansing and Evolution Games, a lot of fun to play with. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then we've got the Iowa GT Labor Day weekend up in Des Moines, Iowa. And stay tuned to the end of this episode. We've got an interview with Stephen Rose, the TO for that event, and he'll give you all the details there. So that's a lot. You, everything, uh, anything else you want to mention there? So much good, juicy stuff. You know, After Dark is going on the Discord channel. I think we've had sort of, and I think it makes sense, you know, there was so much prep for Masters and Adepticon that there's kind of been, I don't, I don't want to call it a lull per se, but I think that, you know, post those two big events, After Dark has been a little bit quiet since we've switched over to the Discord. Still, It's still going on, but, you know, things will get, uh, will, will pick back up. So shout out to the After Dark crew. Um, it was great to hear, to hear Chris and the Lake SWAT guys got an episode out. Um, I mean, you guys uh, talked about it, Rob, in your roundtable, podcast roundtable from BCB, but um, it's great to hear other shows have different voices, and it, it, I, I have a long commute, so <laughs> I need lots of podcasts to listen to, so shout out to Chris and the gang. I got to meet Michelle at Adepticon. She was really sweet. She she was like so busy uh, trying to judge all those armies so fast. I didn't want to like take a bunch of her time, but it was still nice to get a chance to meet her. And um, yeah, so excited. Uh, lots of stuff coming fast down the pipe. And another thing, Rob, Tim promised us another episode of WKOW. Southeastern Kings of War Radio. I think that's what it is. I'm not a British chick. He's got like a British. And I'm wondering like, did he pay some British chick to do their intro? Or is that like, I never know if they're like a computer program, but you know, where you put in the thing and they say like a generic British voice. But anyway, that show has a British uh, uh, intro. Anyway, Tim, make me episodes. I have a long commute, please make it happen. So one final tidbit that I did want to pass on to the audience uh, I did hear a little something about a plastic halfman coming from Westphalia Miniatures. Wow, breaking news. Breaking news. So I'm excited to uh, listen to this space for more details. They've been working on it for a couple years now, and uh, I think they're getting ready to pop the cork on it, so to speak. Well, it's been a long episode, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been, it's cool to kind of, you know, get caught up, let everyone know what we're into. You know, I think that the takeaway for this episode, Rob, is really thank people for doing the survey, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And keep them coming. You know, we're going we're gonna to leave it open for a couple more weeks. Please, the more the merrier, because the more information you give us, the more help you're providing us. Yeah, and I'm curious if, you know, if people maybe, we don't really do this, this style episode that often. So maybe people can let us know, do you like these sort of just like catch up type episodes, you know, let us know. Well, with that, let's switch over to my interview with Stephen DeRose out of Iowa. He's going to tell us all about the Iowa GT. Welcome back to Counter Charge, and we are now joined by Mr. Stephen DeRose out of Iowa. Stephen, how are you doing this fine, I guess in your case, wet evening? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be here. First time on the show, let's give the Counter Charge audience a little bit of a background with you. Uh, what's your wargaming history, and how did you find your way over to Kings of War? Well, I, I guess I started... Uh, Oh gosh, it was back in middle school. I was interested in Magic the Gathering. I was just spending a lot of time in in the local uh, game store and just started seeing these miniatures. And uh, the more I looked at them, the more interesting they were. And uh, I, I 
I guess the, right at the end of uh, Warhammer 5th edition, right before 6th edition was coming out. So they had the, the Bretonians and the, the Lizard Men in, in the uh, the boxed set. And uh, I, I got really excited by, uh, you know, the, the, the Knights and the, the Bowmen and whatnot. And, um, you know, just kind of jumped in right at the beginning of 6th edition. Pretty much did not look back from there. Went and spent a good 15 years or so. Uh, playing Warhammer until, you know, Warhammer Fantasy uh, had its thundering and whatnot and was kind of looking around uh, for for a replacement game. I played one game in Kings of War and just said, that's it. I'm done. I found the perfect game. (laughs) I I have no need to ever play Warhammer Fantasy ever again. And uh, yeah, kind of never looked back. You started going to a lot of tournaments. I've seen you at uh, I guess I've seen you at Depticon and Shadow Slush. So talk to us about what events do you typically go to uh, every year? Well, so um, I grew up on the East Coast, and, and back in the day I used to go to uh, uh, the, the, the old Colonial GT. I don't even think that one's around anymore. But I also used to go to uh, the, the Crossroads GT that, mm-hmm. that Corey Reynolds runs. Uh, but then, um, I guess at the very end of uh, 2016, I moved out to Iowa and just tried to get plugged into the scene there. So, uh, you know, the close ones, there's, there's Bug Eater over in Omaha, uh, Renegades in the Twin Cities. Uh, I've been to Lake of the Lake a couple times, uh, up in Duluth. Uh, and I've gone to Adepticon a couple times, been to Dragonfall. Still need to work down to Missouri. I have not yet gotten down to Missouri. I've gone north, I've gone west, and I've gone east of Iowa. I still need to go south of it. But, um, yeah, those are the ones I typically go to. And I, I guess um, I've also gone to uh, Shiloh a couple of times. Um, just, uh, there's some guys from, from Minnesota that like to make that long drive. And when they do, you know, I hit your ride. And uh, I guess it's been the one Masters. How did you find it? Uh, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it It was a very – it was surprisingly chill and laid back for, you know, a, a – national competitive tournament it you you, you go there thinking um uh it, it's going to be a lot more cutthroat than what it is and then you know, everybody's just having fun I, i've had some of the most chill laid back games of my life there it was, it was really good uh and, and i got to play the other brotherhood player so that was, was, was that kevin we, spears we, was, yes yes so the only two brotherhood players and there we go we, we, had, we had our our bro battle what uh tournaments do you have on your docket for the rest of 2019 well, I'm right now furiously painting, trying to get everything set up for Bug Eater. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. So maybe we'll get to play again. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah maybe. Cool, cool. Yeah, so basically, I'm, uh, the tournaments are just around through. I'm, I'm going to Bug Eater. I'm going to Lady of the Lake. going to be running my own with the Iowa GT. Uh, going to be going to Renegade. And uh, I, I want to go to one of the Missouri ones. Yeah, King King's a winner in December is a really good one. Yeah, yeah. That one over in, in December. I, th- I think it's always the first week in December. So um, uh, that, that's that's pretty much on the docket. I might make it out to Dragonfall again. Sort of depends on how much PTO time I can I can spare. Because at that point, it's it's, it's long enough drives so that I should probably take take a day off to do that. So I can only do that so many times. How's the scene in Iowa? I, I got a chance to meet a few players uh, at Shiloh and at Adepticon. So you've got a growing scene. But why don't you tell us about the Iowa Kings of War scene? You know, it's it's fun to see it grow and develop. Uh, when I, I first moved out to Iowa, it was something of a culture shock. You know, New Jersey's got a, a population density of, I think, like 1,100 plus per square mile. Iowa's like 40-something per square mile. You know, so it's uh, – I, I drive three miles to work, and I drive past cows, and I drive past horses, and I, that's driving through the middle of town. So, you know – when I first got out here, I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, how am I ever going to find any other Kings of War players? You know, maybe I'll be able to find 40K players if I wanted to get into that, but it just just, just doesn't seem like it has enough population density to to, to find people playing uh, one of the smaller games in the war gaming scene. But, uh, you know, there there was one shop over in Ankeny, Iowa uh, that had four guys um, one of which wasn't there half the time because he's in the military and, you know, six months out of the year, he's on duty. The other one was his son, so he wasn't there as well. So it was, literally there was this shop with four guys, two of which were only there half the time. And that, that was the scene. And, you know, here we are uh, about two and a half years later. I don't even know if it's been two and a half. And uh, we've got, I'd say, 
probably seven to nine players in like the, the main group in Des Moines. Uh, so we, we can we can get pretty consistently, you know, half a dozen out on, on a given Sunday when we play. And then there's another uh, four guys in, um, in, in where I live over in Pella uh, that either are actively building armies or have miniatures in the mail as we speak. Um, so, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's grown uh, at, at a very steady pace. And there's also, I've only discovered this recently, just like literally within the last couple of weeks, but there's apparently a very large historical wargaming scene in the area. And those guys are uh, very interested in, in Kings of War historical. So it's, it's gone from borderline non-existent to, you know, a young, healthy, steady, growing community. Yeah, and I know your army has got a very uh, historical bent. Why don't you describe it to the audience? I largely got into miniature wargaming, looking at the old old Bretonians, and of course, you know, the Perry Twins were, were the main sculptors behind that, both both fifth and sixth edition. So I, I can honestly tell you, the majority of miniatures I own are Perry Twin, whether it's it's old Bretonian stuff or now their War of the Roses line. So when when I got into the Kings of War, I was debating whether or not to, to keep playing with my old Perry stuff or or basically start over from scratch. You know, I just looked at the, the new War of the Roses stuff they had, and I said, you know, if, if I go with this, I'll be able to do Brotherhood, I'll be able to do Kingdoms of Men. If I want to, I can I can uh, try, you know, going into the Basileans or the, the Viridians and whatnot. And, of course, there's the 10 or so different factions that that lines up with nicely out of the, the historicals book. So I've um, I've relied pretty heavily on on that model range. I've also gotten a few from um, their medieval range. I've got uh, uh, from my villain martyrs. I used uh, uh, a, a bunch of monks and things from from the Middle Ages and the Crusades and the old Italian states and such. And I'm right now building for the kings and men chariots that are based on Hussite uh, war wagons. So same time period, but a little farther east on, on the European map. Uh, so yeah, and I, I, I love historical stuff, uh, just like fantasy stuff. And one of the real draws for me in the Kings of War is the fact that it just sort of gels those two genres together so seamlessly. Yeah, it's a great rule set. Well, let's talk about your upcoming project, if you will. Uh, you've got a new event you've started called the Iowa GT. Let's start with the basics. Uh, when is the Iowa GT? Uh, it's going to be Labor Day weekend, so that's August 31st and September 1st this year, that, that Saturday and Sunday, and you'll have Monday off, so no excuse for not coming. Absolutely. And where in Iowa is it going to be held? Uh, it is right in downtown Des Moines. It's at the Iowa Event Center. Anyone familiar with, with the area will know that's that's um, a spot that's capable of, of handling events anywhere from like 10 or 20 people all the way up to 10,000. <laughs> so we've got, uh, we're, we're going to have, as of right now, I've got one room rented that will will be able to fit uh, 32 people easily and if we I don't know if we're going to do it this year I don't know if we're going to get you know more than 40 but if we get more than 40 I can I can actually add on a second room as long as I give them a month's notice so my hope is in the future as it expands out we can we can uh, actually fill as, as many as up to 80 players how many points are you guys playing 2200 and how many games five three on Saturday two on Sunday awesome is there any like specific comp rules you know, um, other than what's just in the book? Uh, nothing beyond uh, we've brought in both the historical lists and uh, we have a link in the rules packet to an online update of the historical book that basically just brings in all the, the new stuff from Clash of Kings into historical. So if you're going to play an historical army, you can you can take the new Colossal Giant, you can take the legendary spells, that kind of stuff. So as, a, as a whole, it's, it, it's, a, it's a pretty straightforward one. A lot of the other tournaments in the area have a tremendous amount of, of changes. So like Lady of the Lake completely reworks the scenario system and Renegade uh, with uh, their Sawain characters, honestly the most complicated, fun to play with, but the most complicated special character living legend thing I've seen. So, you know, we figured this being the first year, let's, Let's keep things relatively simple. I'm a firm believer there's varieties of Spice of Life. So some events, like the one I run, the one you're running, it's just kind of it's pretty vanilla, right? We're right out of the book kind of scenarios and other ones can, you know, Texas, they make their own crazy wonky things. And I think it's that mix of different options is what makes the Kings of War community great. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you want to go to something that's, that's really going to throw a monkey wrench into all your old strategies. And, you know, sometimes, Hey, it's Kings of War. You wouldn't be going to the event if you didn't enjoy the game. And for any of the competitive 
old timer players, it's like, well, this is better preparation for masters and for newer players. It's, uh, it's good not to hit them with too much too fast. Absolutely. So what other details do we need to know about the Iowa GT? I guess there's the the logistics involved of, uh, uh, if if you're coming in and you, you know, you're either going to be flying in, uh, I don't know how many will be doing that, but if you're going to be flying in, there's uh, the holiday in airport, like, which is pretty much directly connected to the airport. Like it's right there. Um, and that's about 10 minutes from, from the event or, um, there's the, uh, the Tilton in downtown Des Moines, which is actually attached to the Iowa event centers through a skywalk. Um, so those are probably the two main hotels to look at. I am right now, um, emailing back and forth with, uh, the Hilton, um, to see if we can get a special group rate with them. So I should know within when a week whether or not that uh, that's going to come to pass. And so if, if you do go to the Hilton, um, just um, just ask if there's a special rate for people attending the the Iowa GT. Um, but yeah, beyond that, um, come on down, have a lot of fun. You know, it, it should be a laid laid back event. I don't, uh, you know, as, as a general rule, most of the guys, really all the guys, you know, the uh, the Iowa group are just chill, laid back, fun dude. It's, yeah, I, I don't expect it to be a, you know, a hyper competitive event, but it's, we've also got, uh, some of the top players in the country coming out of, out of Minnesota and, and out of, uh, out of Omaha and hopefully we'll get a couple out of, out of, uh, uh Missouri and such. So I, I think there will also be a, a competitive scene there if you want to do it. Just come on down and have fun. Who's helping you run this event? Cause obviously, uh, you can't be doing everything on your own. You've got to have some help. Uh, all the guys from from the club have have stated multiple times that they're gonna they'll do whatever they need me to. So I know um, Josh Lafoon, for instance, uh, volunteered to, to be the vineyard if need be. Uh, Scott Burkett said he was going to uh, be the paint judge. Be very happy to do that. Um, I have to say the the other TOs in the area have been immensely helpful. So um, whether it's it's Chris Casper or or, or John Becker or Adam Beller, you know, that they've, they've all talked about helping in whatever way they can, uh, whether it's, you know, bring down mats or bring down scenery. Yeah, that, that's actually the other thing since we're, we're a young club. I think we only have maybe, oh gosh, at most a dozen tables worth of scenery. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have some scenery there and some mats there from, from the other TOs in the area, which is immensely helpful. Is there a website that people can go to to find out all these great details? And uh, I'm assuming like a, the tournament pack and all that stuff. Well, we, we will get the Iowa Kings of War website up and running. <laughs> it is not up yet, unfortunately. But I have been been posting the the tournament pack both on um, on, on the various relevant Facebook pages. So Kings of War fanatics, the, the Midwest uh, Facebook page, the uh, the Mountain Region Facebook page. Um, you can always join um, Iowa Kings of War as well. And, and actually did it in the Missouri page as well. So, so right now, most of the information is going out through Facebook. Honestly, Facebook is fine, right? I think most of the communication for Kings of War happens via Facebook these days. So I think if you've got just created, create an event page on Facebook, and I think that's probably sufficient. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the main way we're going to be doing it for right now. And I'm I'm hoping, you know, in the relatively near future, in the next couple of weeks, we'll get the the website up and running but if nothing else look for us on facebook and, and you'll find us for those interested in master stuff iowa currently is in the midwest and then next year it makes the jump to mountain is that right uh we're actually both right now okay um yeah that's that's not normal but uh iowa is transitioning from the midwest to the mountain region so as it stands right now iowa technically counts as and missouri as well technically counts as being in both regions so we can attend uh, I mean, it, it, it's an entirely separate scoring system. So, uh, but but yeah, we 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 could actually try and qualify for either region uh, at the moment. Well, is there anything we missed? Any any details that we uh, we forgot to share with the audience? Um, gosh, I guess it's, uh, it's sixty minutes per game. Let's see, when are we getting out on Sunday? And try to make it. Uh, yeah, awards are, are hopefully going to be done early on Sunday. Uh, schedule says one to one fifteen. Let's say by one thirty, so you should have plenty of time to go out there and, and do other stuff. Uh, come on Labor Day weekend, the, the drive up uh, Labor Day weekend. You know, there, there should be plenty of other things going on throughout the city. So, 
Yeah, you know, I'm sure as soon as we get off the phone, I'm going to think of three things I forgot to say. But overall, I think that covers everything. Awesome. Well, don't forget Iowa GT, the first one, hopefully many. It's going to be on Labor Day weekend in Des Moines, Iowa at the Iowa Convention Center. It's always it's always fun to have that event the first year and to see the the excitement of a of a community coming together and 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 help with the with the event and try to make it grow going forward. Actually, I did think of one thing before before we go. I almost forgot. Um, it costs fifty five dollars to enter. You can pay via PayPal. The email is Iowa Kings Award Gmail. Probably use the friends and family option on PayPal to save you some money. Yes, please do. Well, Stephen, thanks for coming on and chatting us about the Iowa GT Labor Day weekend. Des Moines, Iowa, Iowa Convention Center. It's going to be a great first event, and you want to get on the ground, get in on the ground floor. Thank you for having me. Any final thoughts, Robbo, before we uh, hit the road here? It's been nice to share with the audience all the things that have been going on behind the scenes that I haven't had a chance to share. I mean, I think it's been maybe a couple months since we've had a real hobby update on one of our episodes. So uh, we had a lot of stuff that's piled up and it's been nice to, to to just share it, get everybody up, caught up to date. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's fun to, to get caught up with people, let them know what's going on. And I know uh, I'm excited to kind of give people an idea of what's in the pipeline, you know, so they know what to expect that's coming out soon. Cool. And remember, always keep counter charging for listening. And we'll see you next time on counter charge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. 